0: Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where we talk about every entry in the D&D 5th Edition Monster Manual book. We're going entry by entry, page by page, paragraph by paragraph most of the time, picking apart every little freak in this book and we talk about what the writers of this book are trying to hook you with with their monster. What's the idea behind the monster? How can you use it as a as a game runner? Uh, How players are supposed to interact with it? Uh, What's the fun you can extract? What are the psychological happenings behind the idea of the monster? We also go into the monster's origins in folklore or myth, or the weirdos in the basement in the seventies who were coming up with their brand new ones, and we do this. Because we are broken people, but we also do this to help other people run games and come up with new ideas and spins on the monsters so that we all have a good time. So right now, we are on Flumph. Hello. Uh, I'm Wes, and I'm here to talk about Flumps. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'll also be talking about Flumps. Yeah. Uh, you said it a couple of minutes ago, but this is one of your favorites, right? I love them. They are so ridiculous. So have you actually played in a game with a flump? Um, Do you know any flumps?
1: Yeah, well, there are... In my my D&D times, uh, flumps have only really come into play twice. One time, um, in a game I was playing with some friends uh, uh, a, a couple of years ago, and I was playing... A wild magic sorcerer and rolled on the wild magic table and in that um I think it's like one D four flumps yeah. show up for a minute. Yeah. Um That's incredible. So we're that you got yeah, we are in the middle of like a like a hairy fight and uh just the just the uh, uh I was you know, blessed by Dice Christ and given a couple of flumps to show up right at the nick of time. Uh, and and like, it, like it says, and we'll get to the description later, but they're like intelligent; They know a lot about like philosophy and math and uh, they're generally helpful, cool little guys. Um, and so uh, they uh, sprayed their stink juice at the people that were trying to fight us and then gave us some advice after we won the fight and then poofed out of existence. I think they, it, it does say that they're frightened of you, um but r d m uh just hand waved that, and then the other time was a game I was running, and I gave um my partner who was playing a druid uh a familiar that was a i imagine it as being like a larval flump um just like a young one couldn't talk yet, and it was gonna it was gonna mature into like a uh sort of like a like a like a follow along NPC character um but then the game ended before that could happen but there was there was gonna be there was gonna be a flump sort of in the party of a game I was running at one point.
0: You're not the only one that wanted to go down that route. There's lots of support material, homebrew stuff you can find for having flump party members. Yeah. What is it about the flumps before we've even described it to people who don't know what it is? What is it about it to me? Yeah.
1: Um I mean, I just I it's I I I love uh the idea of like being in like this this dank horrible place and then finding just this friendly little jellyfish guy who uh, like moves around by farting, basically, and they're they're there to help you and they got weird little eye stalks and they they get in trouble if they flip upside down. Like they're really uh just like silly, useless, cute little creatures.
0: And um I this sounds, I just, like, this sounds a lot yeah. like the Peter Bro music scene.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think there's a lot to love in like a weird little jellyfish guy who's psychic
0: yeah well you're not alone i don't think they are uh, a beloved staple of the game somehow we're going to get into it the the fifth edition version of the flump is is it's weird
1: cuz they've gone through a real
0: over the editions they've gone through a real transformation yeah they've changed quite a lot uh in function and description if but their actual like uh physical description hasn't changed too much but there is some notable differences and what i've noticed looking into it is that people are more upset about the changes to the flumph more more than any other creature I've I've (laughs) dug into so far like people talk about the fifth edition flumph as as being wrong and it should look like this and it should have this in a way that I haven't encountered with other creatures because they're doing it as if like the previous editions are canon and can't be changed, whereas every other, like every everything, changes every edition.
1: Yeah, and I feel like if anything, the the fifth edition flump is more of a return to form to the original flump than anything else.
0: In yeah. some ways, yeah, in, yeah, in in some ways. But it's the weird thing about it is that it's it's all half measures. Yeah, it, it tries to like it tries to take something from every iteration, but only halfway, so that it doesn't overpower the other thing, so it doesn't totally contradict the other stuff. OK, let's stop talking about what's around it and start talking about what it is.: <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. another problem with D and D in general is there is a real temptation to just assume everyone in the room knows what you're talking about.
1: That's true, yeah. You
0: know? yeah, and I think that's, I think that's what happened with the flump. I think it, it assumes the description assumes you already know it so that you get the references, you know? So let's talk yeah, about what yeah. it is. First of all, it's mysterious. It is a like a flying jellyfish thing with two eyes on really long eye stalks and a bunch of tentacles. And it floats around the underdark. It is propelled through the air by little jets, so it sucks in air through like a mouth on the top of its jellyfish head and it shoots it out the bottom. And this is how they get their name, because it makes a flump sound. The flump uh, it glows faintly, it reflects the mood in its color. It then tells you uh, what certain colors mean. And blue means sadness, which means that the flump in the book is very sad, which is a strange choice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the, uh, so that, that's, the, that's the intro. So that's, that's what you get. Now we have the highlighted paragraphs, intelligent and wise. What we learn here is that they communicate telepathically only. They don't speak any language. They understand undercommon, but they can't speak. They have telepathy out to 60 feet. They resemble jellyfish. They are sentient and possess great wisdom and advanced knowledge on countless subjects, including, they're not just, uh, they're, they're, they're all around all-stars. They don't just do humanities. They are into STEM as well, even though they don't uh, seem to apply it too much mm-hmm. in their society. They are sensitive to the emotional states of nearby creatures. They are attracted to good creatures, but they are fearful of evil, which is, I don't know, we'll get to it. Let's do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Psionic siphons is the next paragraph. They feed off energy of other psionic creatures. They lurk near things like Mind Flares, Aboliths, which we've covered, and then Githyanki and Githzerai, which we haven't, but they are also psionic people. Uh, they feed passively. So that most creatures don't even know that it's happening. So they're not uh, making, they're not uh, intruding on anyone. They're not hurting anyone. All that psychic energy was just going to go to waste. They're basically dumpster divers. Yeah, this is how they learn the thoughts and emotions of others. Since many psionic creatures are evil, when they uh, eat psychic juice that is evil, it sickens them, and sometimes they will eagerly give up the secrets that they learn of evil creatures in the hopes that other people will vanquish them, i.e. adventurers, um, even though it would deprive them of a food source. That's just, how, that's just how decent they are. And finally, we get into Flumph society. They live in complex and organized groups called Cloisters, within which, uh, within which each Flumph has a place and a purpose. These harmonious groupings have no need for leaders since all flumps contribute in their own way. So they live in like anarcho-syndicalist groups, but they yeah. call them cloisters, yeah, and they all have jobs, and they contribute uh, as they see fit as individuals equally, and then yeah. that's all you learn from looking at their description, but there's there's more to learn from their stat blocks mm-hmm. that is you wouldn't you wouldn't expect, such as their prone deficiency <laughs> Yeah. So if you knock one prone, there's a good chance there's a, there's a 50/50 chance that they will become incapacitated and they have to make a saving throw to get up. <laughs> ever again. Which is uh, you know, good to know. They have yeah. a telepathic shroud, which means that they are immune to anything that would be able to sense its emotions or read its thoughts. So this is how I assume they get around um, other psionic creatures. Yeah. Like they don't even know they're there. This is how they can sneak around mind player, you know, dens
1: and like feed on their nonsense without getting found out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also an explanation, I think, of why they can't feed off each other if they're just like passively feeding. So they wouldn't hurt each right. other if they could feed off each other, but they can't because yeah. they each have a shroud. Right. Yeah. And then we get into their actions. So they have a weapon attack with your tendrils, which does a little bit of piercing damage and a little bit of acid damage and a little bit of lingering acid damage. Nothing super impressive. And then a stench spray, which they can do once a day, which makes you poisoned for hours, which is a long time. And the only way to get rid of it is to uh, wash yourself during a short rest with water, alcohol, or vinegar. Which is one of the only times, I think, in the book, it actually requires you to have specific materials to, yeah. to do something like this. Better have that alchemy
1: jug around.
0: You're going to need yeah, a bunch of vinegar. Your... Yeah. Everybody laughed at me when I brought the vinegar jug for an entire campaign, but look who's laughing now.
1: Yeah. We still need a, uh, a, like a, a scenario where you're going to need the alchemy jug's ability to make, what is it, a gallon of mayonnaise I think it can make? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess you could just sell it
0: i guess you That's could a lot of mayonnaise for a fantasy world yeah but you know you'll go through it yeah it spreads on rations pretty nicely i think also what it's getting around is uh there's a, a myth i think it's a myth possible myth of when you get stung by a jellyfish you gotta pee on it
1: yeah don't do that it makes it worse just put right? water on it of yeah. course you'd know
0: yeah yeah Okay, well then, don't do that with a flump either. <laughs> so that's that's what it's about. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those
1: creatures where you like you look at the descriptions and you read the stat block, and like once you start sort of like triangulating the implications of some of this stuff together, it like paints a weird picture of these these guys. And like to me, they feel straight out of like golden age science fiction, or or like I feel like I I could very much imagine this being like like a planet of these guys uh, even in a cave underground like something in an episode of star trek you know
0: Mm -hmm. like this is
1: very sci-fi um like monster of the week wow we found this weird society aren't these quirky little dudes oh they're friendly but they're so maladapted to like live
0: where they live (laughs) because they're so vulnerable
1: they're so pure of heart like they just they they're, they're like willing to go hungry uh but like so they feed off of psychic energy but they live in a spot in a place where the only things that give off psychic energy are things that make them sick uh and they they're they're doomed if they get flipped upside down uh you know they they'll help you and that that's great and everything and they have this like beautiful little egalitarian society where they do everything but like they're they're living in like the shadows in the underdark and they're surrounded by the worst things you know uh it's just wild they're so silly and weird
0: yeah that that, that is a good hook that whole angle yeah. that they are they're so vulnerable so good but then what do you do with that i can think of things but the game doesn't tell you the one thing it does kind of set up is that you can use them as sources of information about evil things that yeah, they live for here sure. yeah So that's the easiest, easiest way in with a flop is to include one like near a dungeon or on the outskirts of one or something. And then you have it be an interesting encounter. Another thing that can happen sometimes, I think um, when I've looked into like the origins of it, it's like assumed that players are going to fight them immediately. Yeah. Which, if, you're, if you don't know anything about them and you just encounter a bunch of them, uh, there's a good chance, because they look when you describe them, you can see a picture of it, they, they look they don't look harmless.:
1: <laughs> Yeah, no they look they're... goofy, but
0: they don't look harmless. Yeah. They look as dangerous as many other goofy things in this book. So there's a good chance players are just going to try to outright fight them, and then you can yeah. have drama in the fact that they might have done something bad. Oh, yeah.
1: Because, I mean, yeah, you're in the Underdark. You see something glowing with tentacles and eye stalks. You're armed, you know? <laughs> like, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I could, see, I could see how it could happen if you don't know what they are. Exactly. Right? I know adventures. Um, the other thing, though, is I like how, um, because they feed off of emotions. And they, they also they only take as much as they need, which is just such, like, a, a needlessly wholesome detail about them to me <laughs> yeah um but it sort of makes me think of um underwater filter feeders things like like they're they're very jellyfish like but they also kind of remind me of anemones which just kind of like or they're just other um i don't know uh there's all kinds of sea creatures with like a uh, goopy looking tentacles that are filter feeders that like passively just catch plankton that's going by and they're not really they're just taking as much as six of them, like they're not really causing a problem by themselves, and so they're almost like emotional versions of those, like, uh, uh, like plankton filter feeders in the ocean. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well said. That's uh, a great parallel, and it helps increase, I think, the the sense of like the psychedelic, otherworldliness of of something yeah. like the underdark. Where it has like a functioning ecosystem, but it's not an ecosystem as we're used to understanding it. We're now dealing with like heavier, trippier stuff. Yeah, like instead of a plankton
1: cycle, there's a psionic cycle. Like the the the, the psychic energy is part of the of the of like the the sort of water cycle in there.
0: Yeah, like the very landscape itself is actually yeah. partly constructed of the mind somehow, in ways that a surface dweller won't understand. Yeah. So, yeah, very evocative and very uh a cool thing to include in among like uh an environment, so even if it's just like a random encounter with them or if it's just like you don't have big plans for it necessarily, you can just throw it as something that players can encounter and interact with yeah.
1: I think a good way to use them is to sort of have them in your back pocket as like a like, what if uh, they all fail and like fall down the deep pit under like a like a bridge they the crossing the Underdark or like uh, they they all got knocked out and that they so it's a good like you wake up surrounded by a couple of flumps that like found you in distress and like helped you out. And then uh, there they are and they can set you up and go on the way like it's a good way back for like a big um, party wide catastrophe in the Underdark is to yeah. encounter a bunch of flumps.
0: Yeah, I think that's memorable too because they—they're like they—they glow. They're attracted to good characters, to good alignment, aligned things. So there's, there's a, a reason for them to actually show up because they are they are actively interested in helping good creatures because they live in such a terrible place. <laughs> and there's lots you can do. Like I'm I'm sure there's lots of material about like where they come from. There's like all the stuff you can read about how they're. Uh, they might be descended from the Grell or the the Grec or whatever, but like you I think you can disregard that and, and focus more on like, look at what they are. They are good aligned aberrations who there's nothing else like them in their environment. Like what happened? There was probably some catastrophic event or they are like from some other place, yeah, or they're just barely hanging on, maybe you know, like maybe they're the last vestiges of a, a once more widespread species. Yeah, so it makes them kind of tragic characters as well, and noble for being these like little beacons of light in an otherwise hellish underworld. Yeah, but they're so goofy, and they're so so goofy. Yeah, they're so like they have their AC is twelve. Yeah, and they have seven hit points.
1: I, they're yeah, they are. (laughs) They're so fragile. They're so fragile,
0: and like this. So (laughs) this is why the it's the insane. Uh, prone deficiency thing, <laughs> yeah. Like, do they really need a, a secret weakness to and exploit? They, I, don't, I don't think they even gave
1: that to like creatures that I, I can easily imagine being flipped. Like, I don't know, like turtles and uh, other other things. I don't think stuff that in real life has that <laughs> has yeah. that in
0: D anD. d You know? Well, I mean, I think to if I. I I totally don't think that they thought about this, but what I would say is that you could easily, as a a halfway competent DM, could rule that a turtle would have a hard time getting up. Whereas if you looked at a flump, you would assume it could easily right itself with all those arms it has. Yeah, You think it would be, and the fact that it flies. Maybe it runs
1: into trouble because like the intake of its like... I don't know. It's it's flump turbine on, on its yeah. mouth on the top of its head. If that is on the ground, that gives it some trouble. But like, still, yeah, it's got arms to flip itself over with.
0: Yeah. So there's just there's just something odd about its physiology that won't let it do that. So you need a rule to like enforce the physics of it. Otherwise, you wouldn't like naturally assume that it can't do that. Yeah. That said, that is a very generous reading, <laughs> I think, of the intention behind it. I mean, maybe their arms are just so limp and noodly that they can't even do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Maybe they, because yeah. they're not, they're not used to lifting things. They only use yeah. them to like scratch or not, yeah. not even just, yeah, they pierce because they have little spikes at the end of them. Yeah.
1: And if you imagine a real jellyfish, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's it not can't lifting really... anything. Yeah. It's not doing shit.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it kind of makes sense, but it's, it's still weird. Like, why do you need this? like what it sounds it's like something you'd want to exploit like what yeah what scenario
1: right like what scenario does that like give you an edge you know yeah
0: so this is uh, one of the things this is a holdover from um the original versions of it where it made sense because i'll get into the old versions now They turned up first in the fiend folio, and they were one of only two good creatures in the fiend folio um, back then it same thing the flump flies by sucking air into its mouth and expelling it through its underside, so right away it's farting, and people thought that was really funny as its way of getting around yeah, uh, it had the highest possible armor rating on its front side, so on the very top, yeah, and what if it's just flying around normally but on its underside, very weak. So this is why it was important to try and flip it over, because the front side, it was as um, the armor was as high as like an ancient dragon. And you could not crack the top of it in a normal situation. So you had to figure out a way of like getting under it or flipping it over. So that was kind of their gimmick, um, besides being like weird-looking and but also good aligned. Yeah. Um, They're poison the uh, the stink spray was actually um it was so bad that it paralyzed you and its acid was injected into your body and there was no known counteraction to it like you couldn't stop the acid once it was injected into you alchemists could, could not figure it out and this was like an important thing that they highlighted yeah. um in second edition they elaborate on what they are exactly ec- uh ec- ecologically they are chasers of vermin. They are like low-lying predators who just like chase small animals and drop on them from above. So like the tentacles are like little, it's like a net almost, and then the acid digests the creature. So then it makes a little more sense of what's going on with them. Uh, But they are still explicitly peaceful nomadic predators who only hunt for food, and mostly if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. But again, it's one of those things like if you were just encountering one in a dungeon and you saw this insane creature fall on a on a giant rat and then melt it with acid, you're probably going to fight it. You're probably going to try and yeah. kill it. Yeah, probably. But there was a variation called the monastic flump which <laughs> lives in cloisters.
1: Yeah, I And I, they have love that this is where the cloister thing comes from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They they have a leader who is a uh, an abbot, and they have uh, what are they called prefects, and then they have monks. So they live in like an ordered monastic society, and they are not nomadic. Uh, and they are they oh, uh, are literal uh, clerics.
1: Prior flumps. What are they?
0: Prior prior flumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the they can cast spells as clerics, and. They have gods that we don't know, but they are good and they are lawful, and they look out for the nomadic flumps, and the monastic ones are gold-colored, and the nomadic ones are albino. So a scenario I could see happening would be the PCs kill a bunch of flumps because they're melting rats, and they are a perceived threat. And then the cleric flumps show up and cast a bunch of holy-looking spells, and there's a big misunderstanding. And maybe there's communication and maybe there's not. And maybe the players kill the monastic flumps as well and then have to live with the fact that they killed what probably what looked like. I like, I like to imagine the monastic flumps wearing like, uh, you know, like habits and yeah. robes and like obvious symbols of yeah. an understandable like Judeo-Christian <laughs> uh, religion of some sort. Yeah. Little bishop hats. Yeah, and then you have to yeah. like you have to reckon with that one way or another. And then um there is a article in Dragon Magazine from 1998 called The Ecology of the Flumph that describes them as having it's it's written as a uh, a short story, but it it's includes a bunch of never before uh canonized facts about them including the um magical properties of their body parts to be used in various spells and and potion making so they're highly valued for their uh magical potency as ingredients which further complicates their standing as sentient good aligned uh downright holy creatures yeah <laughs> so there's lots to uh get up to with that if you want to have PCs like second guess their contract or learn of the nature of their quarry uh as they get nearer them. Or another scenario could play out as they are you are like rangers stopping flump poaching. Yeah, you're you're speaking for the flumps. Because
1: no one else will. Yeah. And then I and, do like yeah. 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 Well I just I was thinking of the idea of the unknown flump gods too um yeah i think it would be it would be great to i don't know if you had a character uh and if to have them like i don't know it would be hard to start a character this way but like part way through an adventure if you if you were to like multi-class into um paladin or cleric i would love (laughs) it would be great to do that after meeting flumps and be like you know what the gods of the flumps i really feel a connection with them and sort of have this (laughs) moment with the unknown flump gods and uh, you know become their ambassador for the surface races
0: yeah because the 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 iconography is fun to think about like the look of it so like what would a, a flump god paladin you would have like a crazy hat with like all these tentacles and like a goofy like plush toy looking like icon yeah on a banner yeah. mm-hmm. the other way around is funny too like like it's possible that the first time the Flumps encountered lawful good gods would be invading surface dwellers fighting monsters. Oh. And the yeah. flumps are already good aligned and they're like, oh my oh my god, who are these like champions of, of light and holiness? And then they learn about them and then they adopt like the same they're like they want to look like them, so they, they try to like oh. assume a, a culture and a, a way of life that is like the surface dwellers who like came right. and went maybe and generations get, like, a ago. Flump,
1: a flump cargo cult based totally. on the adventures left behind yeah
0: yeah and they place a premium on like holy objects or like items from the surface world yeah would be like a good way to like trade with them and uh and enticing them to do things and like they're more uh like the underdog and more some somebody you could cheer for you know these little guys f- duking it out the uh doomed to fail probably in the Underdark, but they're like, they're just like you. They just want to, yeah, they cheer for your favorite team. Then we get into uh, 3.5. They don't show up in any of the books until, which is incredible because there are a lot of books, um, but they showed up in Dungeon Magazine 118, where the cover advertises the article as Box of Flump, (laughs) D&D's Lovable Loser Returns. So there's an adventure in there uh, where it boils down to a a like lady flump tries to get you to find her her husband who has been kidnapped among a bunch of other flumps by a bunch of pirates, and you have to go save them before they crash into uh like a shoal with a bunch of undead waiting, and then you learn about, about a bunch of the flumps. But they don't there's there's no mention really of them being monastic or or cleric it's like nothing to do with like established uh ideas about them. In fact, one of them is like a, is acts as a sorcerer. So it just has magic, oh. but it's not. It's not. They like wanted. They didn't want to deal with the religious aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then in fourth edition, they don't show up in those either until a supplemental um, issue. I don't know of what, but this is like when I think Dungeon and Dragon magazine were getting uh, boiled down into like a general release from uh, Wizards of the Coast on their like. I don't know if they were developing D and D beyond at that time or like whatever the proto version of that was but this was released through there i believe for an april fool's day adventure where they are basically guard dogs for an evil gnome oh yeah Uh, called the gnome oh you
1: know this one yeah yeah i was just reading
0: about it (laughs) (laughs) uh the the adventure's author describes flumps as pathetic creatures they strike out with the sharp blades projecting from their undersides. These creatures divvy up their attacks between several player characters because the continuously burning acid, their spikes deliver, does not stack per the rules. That's like, <laughs> like all of this character, the material, is just boiled down to like this this senseless yeah this like generic tentacle attack
1: yeah, and it's like I don't know uh it just doesn't sit right with me having like um. In the description of the creature, just have like a like a, a sort of like rules interaction just built right in there. It's like and they don't yeah. do this thing because, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be efficient for the way that they like.
0: Yeah. That's fourth edition for you. Yeah. You know? Not to not to rag on on things too much, but that's not surprising for that for that particular edition. It is egregious though how how little they seem interested in dealing with all the, like, bright material. Like, the fact... It's an yeah. April Fool's Day adventure. And they're working for an evil gnome. It's obviously they're trying to deal with, like, jokey material. And flumps are a joke, somewhat. They're, like, a humorous thing to include. But there seems to be no punchline in this. Um, in that adventure, though, uh,
1: and you might have been just getting to this, they did include something. Uh, that I, I think is, I know is, what you're talking great. about. Is it the way that they eat? Yeah. Yes, yeah. So the way a flump uh, eats is that one spears a mushroom on one of its spikes and then floats above another one uh, and then uses its acid to turn the mushroom into goop and, and lets it fall into the top mouth of the other flump. So they don't eat themselves. They, they just feed each other by floating above each other and dropping the goop onto, uh, onto another flump. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which is it, fantastic. Yeah, I think that's the one thing we should keep from that iteration of flumps. Absolutely.
0: Because yeah. that actually feeds into their, their good aligned and they're they're like communal uh, society Yeah, it's like whether yeah. or not they do this because they are because of their culture or if they their culture turned communal because they can't eat by themselves so they would have to evolve um, yeah. very cooperatively with each well, other. Well if they
1: can't use their tentacles to flip themselves over because they can't lift them above oh, yeah, themselves yeah. then they wouldn't be able to put food in there either so they've got to float above <laughs> each other to drop the food in
0: yeah so it makes sense it's a great little detail and that could be how they try to feed each other there's a there's a a movie called the east i think with uh one of the scars guards in it about a a cult but i think the story is is like this woman who's kind of being indoctrinated into the cult but it's actually not as bad as she thinks and it might actually like solve some of her problems but one of the uh the weird things when she first realizes it's a cult is like these people are sitting around a table and they all uh, they feed each other. Right. Yeah. I think that they do. I think they they like they don't use their arms or like half of them can't use their arms. No, they, they all can't use their arms and they have to pick up like a hunk of food or a, a spoonful of food with their mouth and then bring it over to the person next to them to feed them. And it like encourages right. this sensation or this uh, it encourages this sense of reliance on each other yeah
1: yeah it's like the way that um uh uh like at a certain period in japan you would traditionally drink sake you could never pour one for yourself you always had to pour it for somebody else and somebody else had to always pour it for you so it was like it could only be shared oh yeah exactly yeah also wonder this reminds me of like the the flumps being very akin to like classic golden age sci-fi aliens uh just the idea i could i could see like um i don't know like a like a like a like a 60s 70s sci-fi like pulp book exploring this Is like what if there are aliens and they couldn't like put food into their own mouths like they just couldn't do that yeah. they had to do it for each other like what sociologically what kind of society would evolve out of like out of that like what assumptions would they have yeah about out of reality? that out of that simple
0: yeah. simple like rule and then you yeah. you elaborate from there and then it's also if you you can have an encounter with a lone flump and it's like desperate for food because it can't food itself
1: please just you gotta drop some food on my head mouth
0: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Makes it even more pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then we get into fifth edition, and here we are. We have a bunch of like uh, pieces of these previous versions, and they don't really like they they don't counter addict each other necessarily, but they don't really build on each other either. I don't think. Yeah. Like it leaves a lot. There's a lot of questions because so they in no other version do they live off of this the psychic overflow of other creatures so this must mean that they live near things that have layers so established locations so we can assume that they're not nomadic yeah which means that the monastic thing is fine it makes sense but uh how do you establish like a functioning culture and society so close to like a den of evil you'd have to be good at like hiding or or being in or are they like so inconsequential that? evil creatures don't even bother with them i find that hard to believe
1: yeah i wonder too because even like mind flayers right like illithid society i imagine they're probably using their psionic senses as their primary sort of like a like like sense of the world around them and so with with the flumps having that like uh thought shroud thing i feel like i could see them with creatures that like rely heavily on like psionic sort of like Oh yeah, I have like no psionic read on that thing. I'm a mind flayer, so I have no interest in it because, like, I it to, to yeah, me it, it, has it may no as well be dirt. Me, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, with things like uh, uh like githyanki, like githyanki, they're they're They'd psionic, but they're also like more <laughs> like dudes. They're like, who are you? Uh, Get out of here! I'm a proud warrior, uh, uh and I'm gonna make you a slave in the name of my lich queen. And Gith- I guess would be too busy. I get Gethsare, and they're not really evil either. They're like pretty neutral to mm-hmm. good, because because they're but they would probably just be like, oh, I'm just going to keep meditating. I don't really care that this this little guy is here.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there's an argument. I think what you said about mind flare is is valid, but I also think, and this is ac- totally according to like, individual taste in mind flare, but uh as like machiavellian villains who are probably i imagine them as accounting for every scrap of psychic power so even if it's just emanating from them and stuff that they wouldn't (coughs) use they would be i think they would be aware of flumps even if they can't detect them and i would imagine that they would be like it'd just be like a a routine chore that they would task they're like more mundane servants with like patrolling the area and just clearing out flumps or bringing them back to like recycle yeah. so that every little drop of psionic energy is preserved. I'm sure like, I'm sure a mind flare would probably be coming up with ways of how to like harness the ambient psychic energy anyways. Yeah. To, to you know, like renewable energy. You know? yeah
1: exactly like how how to, how to like turning turning flumps into like solar panels for their, their <laughs> oh god energy. yeah yeah or yeah, and yeah. like also like they illithids like they would take offense at anything having tentacles that isn't them, you know like oh, they because yeah. they fully like along with uh, beholders kind of like see themselves as like the absolute pinnacle of creation, right mm. Mm-hmm um yeah it's there's it it depends on how you but i i lean towards like i think your way of like illithids being like absolute machiavellian monsters who would like find every way to like turn things to their advantage you know
0: right sure so if if you think that then it is harder to imagine like an entire culture of them of like extremely although so here's the other thing the other complication they're extremely wise and intelligent I mean, they're not, like, their wisdom, the average flump has a wisdom of 14 and an intelligence of 14. So maybe they're not extremely wise and extremely intelligent, but um, that's, a, that's a very strong baseline. Yeah. But if So if a whole culture of an organized society of intelligent individuals working together might be able to somehow figure out a way of eluding these things yeah. and, like, surviving on the edges of, of evil layers. Yeah. It's like the human city and the matrix and the real world. Yeah, it's like they got Zion somehow. Yeah, yeah, little miniature Zion. But then, why do you call them cloisters? Yeah, like that's straight up just a reference mm-hmm. to the previous editions to make to make flumpheads happy.
1: <laughs> and I feel like it really sort of, um, I don't know, like, like, like begs the issue, like not quite begging the question, but like, so if they're wise and intelligent and they survive off of psionic energy. But they live in a place where all the psionic energy they can eat is evil psionic energy that makes them sick and they don't like it. Wouldn't they <laughs> try to find a place where they could have, like take uh you know, modest amounts that don't affect anything, like it establishes but like energy from good creatures, like find a society of good psionic creatures and just like establish relations with them? Like that would be like getting out of the underdark and like finding that. Or finding that in the Underdark somewhere, even, but probably not. But like, I feel like that would be, that would be the,
0: the goal yeah, that'd be ideal. You think society, so? But there right? must be some yeah. reason that they can't leave the Underdark. Yeah, like maybe oh, the pressure cool. is too high, or sorry, is the pressure is too low, or something on the surface, yeah. and they'll just like yeah. collapse. Or uh,
1: there's too many things that flip them upside down on the surface. <laughs> it's and, too risky. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you know, like. <laughs> kids go cow tipping like they they're just like they have these horror stories of like getting flipped over by kids oh my god and- <laughs> yeah that's like don't, the, they don't want to a plucked. bunch of
0: uh teenage drow every weekend are like cruising through the pastures of the underdark and just flipping flumps. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hey man get in we're going flup flipping <laughs> no but uh, that's something for the the uh, the the players to do right is like hey we're gonna get you guys out of here because <laughs> this sucks for you and let's uh we got some stuff to deal with here in the underdark but we're gonna come back and find you a, a chiller space
0: yeah that's not a bad idea because you can then you can have um you put them in a quandary right like you have these pathetic v- very vulnerable but helpful and, and complimentary and endearing creatures who need a lot of help and they're being yeah. bullied, it's up to you to help them. But I would at every turn make it as difficult to help them as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like we, all, we have nosebleeds. I tripped and I <laughs> fell over and I can't get up for a whole day. That used to be the, the, oh. the rule when they had like the different armor classes for different sides. They could make a saving throw to get back up once a day.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Once a day. Oh (laughs) yeah. I, yeah. It's kind of like, there are these, I can't think of any really good examples now, but there's, there, there are examples throughout like, you know, uh, life on earth of just like things where like how it, it just like by sheer, like probability, like, like, um, uh, luck basically that, um, creatures that like the weirdest traits survived evolution, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things that like, uh, I don't know. I think about like pandas and just a, a lot of things about pandas. Um, th- they just like require such a specific niche, uh, to,
0: I actually wrote to, down to uh, dungeon panda as uh, a, yeah. as a talking point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There are other ones too. I can't think of any right now, but I just like the. It's just like, they're a sheer like probabilistic, <laughs> like anomaly that like they, that, the flumps were able to continue to exist because there's so much working against them.
0: Yeah. And they are now as the, as the players encounter them, they're probably on the precipice of like, this is the point where they're either preserved by you in this moment or they're gone forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that sort of adds to the preciousness of it too. It's like you bumped into the last flumps.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. And maybe you were sent to collect them so that you're like, oh, you're told, oh, yeah, there's this, uh, this like wacky, there's this animal that lives in the underdark that has like really high value magical properties for their body parts. Or maybe they're even described as like a plant or a mushroom called a flump. And you're like, if you you go bring me those, I'll give you so much money because they're so hard to find. And then you go there and the, and, and they receive you with open arms because they're so happy you, you showed up yeah, and they, they yeah. need your help. And they're like, what do you do now? Or there's some there's some scholar in Candlekeep that's like, look,
1: I, in this book, it mentions that in The Underdark, there's math mushrooms. There's mushrooms that'll help you do math. And I got this math problem I can't solve. Yeah. I'm going to pay you to go find the math mushrooms and bring them here and you go find them. And there's a bunch of little guys, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah yeah it's interesting how the how vulnerability can actually like be the hook of the adventure somehow if you really play up i think if you if you gave these guys like a real uh like justin roiland voice treatment
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i think you could but like not as not as nonsensical like make them like helpful <laughs> yeah yeah definitely but like really really play up the cartoonishness of them i think would be a good way of doing it absolutely yeah Sense, I think I mentioned already, but the, the cloister—not just the fact of that they are organized societies living near very dangerous places, but they live—they they are leaderless, but they live in cloisters. I guess well, yeah. The fifth edition one explicitly there's no explicit religious component. There's no spell casting, no clerics. But if they were like a monastic society, is very hierarchical, and the leaderless thing wouldn't fly, I don't think, because that's the whole yeah, point I, of a monastery is like there's there's like an order to it, and they are lawful good, so lawful good creatures tend to exist in hierarchies
1: That's true, and th- this might be a very generous read, but I could also just see that speaking to the, the kind of alien nature of them. It's like they uh, like you know they understand all this stuff about like logic and philosophy and and, and religion and everything, and so I could see them having an idea of lawfulness, um, that didn't necessitate hierarchy. Like they sort of have like an innate understanding of like, uh, uh, like how to, how to like spread things around and, and do, I don't know, like direct democracy. Like, I don't know. I, I, I could see like, just because they're so weird that they, it could be, it could be different for them. Yeah. But yeah. Use that Using that language though, it does kind of imply that you're, you're right.
0: That's not a bad take I don't think. Um because we, there's no shortage of creatures that are lawful that have hierarchies. So as like a thought experiment, what would it be like to be lawful but also exist in like a um a leaderless state? Like they must they must all be like completely fully formed philosophers on the same page with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And like re- each represents like like a fully formed idealization of what it is to be and, a flump.
1: And if they're if they communicate telepathically, they don't necessarily have to communicate telepathically like verbally, right? Like they could be communicating with each other in like a network with ideas, like concepts directly and like work together to come to agreements really fast about stuff. You know, like I, I could imagine like a kind of telepathic communication that sort of like goes that kind of skips language in a way, almost
0: Yeah, like they each have such too. a sense of right and wrong that there's yeah. no there's no discussion needed really. Like they each
1: Yeah. Maybe there's and, not much
0: and, difference between flump personalities, or if there are, it's yeah. it's not it doesn't affect like their decision making yeah. somehow.
1: Or like their 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 psychic ability like affords them like a level of empathy. It's like they know exactly how each other are gonna feel about like any task or situation. So it's pretty easy for them to figure out a, like a solution that like would get consensus. You know, because it's it's they they can they they got a pretty good read on each other. Or like you said, like they're so similar that it's like oh, I know exactly how like that plump would feel because I know how yeah. I would feel in that situation. So I'm gonna do this.
0: Yeah, and like they, they approach it totally egoless, where it's like, I have an idea, but I understand that my idea will probably not be liked by the majority of my culture, the majority of the others in my society. So I'm not going to feel bad if they don't want to do it. I will instead propose what we are all calculating to be the like generally accepted mainstream approach. Yeah, like a lot of Vulcan, <laughs> like energy, you know. Yeah, with, uh, with them. Yeah, but they arrive at this without like any debate, almost, because they they already it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, because they know the they know each other so well, and are are so interested in harmony. Meanwhile, they are eating the equivalent of like psychic junk food and like fried chicken. And yeah. Like, cocoa and just like drinking cans of Red Bull nonstop and making themselves sick off of evil psychic energy. Oh, man. Yeah. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. So to me, that one maybe indicates that they are from somewhere else or like came to be in an environment where there was like non evil psychic energy that they could feed off of. Yeah, because I don't imagine this is like what they're supposed to be doing. I
1: yeah, I they they definitely I feel like I could imagine like they're uh, lost, like separated a long time ago. They have probably have like a home world, some planet in the astral plane somewhere like they're from a, like a different place, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I like the idea of uh, you could play with their their sickness in different ways, like on one one hand, it makes it so you've maybe a player is more likely to try and help them. And it motivates the flump to help a player if they get rid of the evil that's like poisoning them. And then it makes them very uh, selfless and, and into a sort of a martyr if they're willing to help vanquish an evil enemy, even if it means getting rid of their source of food. But it could also be like you could, if you wanted it to be, you could play up the like addiction angle where you are trying to get them off of the evil psychic energy, but maybe it's, like, really good. <laughs> it's, like, it's like bad food. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, fast food. <laughs> you could also have flumps acting, like, totally against their usual nature because they've been so consumed by evil. So then you have flumps coming at you, trying to, like, spike you and, like, blow farts at you and stuff. And spray their smelly pee at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you could have, like, some... Some flumps like asking for your help to like try and cure some of members of their community that have drank too deep from the mm-hmm. evil stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe the more uh, temperate flumps have learned how to take only a little bit, and not never enough that they actually are totally overwhelmed by certain uh, evil magic, evil right, uh, psionic yeah. power. So you like yeah you're like you're you're tasked by the 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 flumps who like have
1: had more uh just have an easier time with self-control to go help the other ones yeah got a bit lost yeah
0: that'd be that'd be a, a good hook to use um i wrote alignment detector test oh yeah so you could use them because they have they just have an innate ability to read minds within 60 feet of them it's like not even an action they have to do and if they gravitate towards good and they are repelled by evil if you have one who's like willing to communicate with you you could use it to detect um alignments and things
1: oh very yeah easily
0: so i could see that being like some wizard <laughs> or even an evil creature like possessing a flump in order to like screen people i mean that honestly seems like the kind of thing like the drow
1: would just straight up industrialize you know exactly yeah there's Here's a lot of like, flump chamber yeah you say you're gonna work with us but let's see if you're really as devious as the drow come into the flump chamber or
0: even if like you're a if you're a shapeshifter if you're if you're lying or if you're anything other than what you're reporting to be like a flump would know immediately and if you can induce it to tell you what's going on then that's like very powerful yeah yeah and you wouldn't even if they do it right you wouldn't even know the flump is there because you can't detect them psychically oh shit yeah so I tried thinking of flumps in media, like uh, examples of uh, things that are like flumps, but I really couldn't find anything. They're kind of specific to D and D. They are, yeah.
1: I like one thing I was kind of thinking. I don't know. They just kept popping in my head when I was thinking about like flump flumpiness. Is that one episode of The Simpsons where it's uh, uh, everyone mistakes Mr. Burns for an alien? <laughs> right. <laughs> don't be
0: <laughs> afraid. <laughs>
1: yeah he's bringing love break his legs uh so i just <laughs> yeah I, I imagine like that interaction a lot with uh, a.
0: <laughs> that's a great uh, example i'm even looking at the picture right now and i can see that voice and that line coming out of that mouth i think
1: yeah yeah
0: that's a yeah great call i think that is that encapsulates um the flump uh pretty well it's a it's a good little natured f- uh freak that you're you're playing with the players' sense of right and wrong you're playing with their their sense of protectiveness yeah yeah towards these extremely vulnerable creatures living in a dangerous area you got these hooks that you can use where they know things about the lair and they're willing to help and they 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 are so good that they're they're kind of like they're goofy but there's there's this nobility and this underdog status about it that's like really fun to play with and, yeah. and makes them like something you want to uh cheer for, I think. Yeah, totally. Anything else you want to say? I think that about it covers mm. it for me.
1: Yeah, I think that about covers it. I I keep trying to think of like other examples. And I have this feeling that like there's something and I just can't think of it, but like, I don't know, man. They're they're really unique.
0: Yeah. People were uh I was talking earlier about how I discovered people were really like mad about the new design of it and what they were saying was that they the design of it is counter to its like good alignment because a good aligned creature shouldn't probably have like spikes at the end of its tentacles that do acid damage if it doesn't well use that's that a matter eat. of perspective <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know yeah guns don't kill people people kill people
1: right yeah <laughs> like you can't you can't you can't blame them for having little acid spikes you know it's a dangerous world yeah what are you gonna blame humans for having opposable thumbs that can use tools you know you could
0: <laughs> but it used to be it used to be that they used their acid to like digest things and that's how they ate but if they're like yeah if they're good aligned then it's like what are they and they don't need them to eat like what's going on
1: i guess i don't know the underdark's a dangerous place
0: but it barely it's barely effective that's true yeah yeah people were really like i'm not as i'm i don't really i think that's fine i'm kind of playing devil's advocate to you but yeah i don't know <laughs> people were really upset I, I, like <laughs> more than one source was upset about yeah, this that's strange i have also seen people
1: being upset that they don't have any more in the at least in the image they're like uh the little um holes for shooting their their yeah the their vents where of. they shot their little yeah with, that's what that's the what they flumped
0: out of that's how they yeah, moved and like, they also
1: don't have like there's no like visible evidence in that particular picture of their like floating flump vents either um yeah which yeah i guess so but i don't know they could be very small apertures
0: you know or like it could be on the bottom underneath this thing because if you're looking at the fifth edition picture you don't see the bottom of it
1: and also to these, <laughs> these people that are that are ragging on my flumps about the the spikes and the acid. There are good-aligned dragons with acid breath, and they got all their dragon bits on them too, and they're still good.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't think we have to listen to these people. Yeah. But they're it's it's odd. They were being very prescriptive about what a flump should be, which I've <laughs> never encountered with any other monster in write-ups. Because lots yeah, of people it, write about the monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Not like us, we do it best. Not like us, we do it best.
1: And also, at the end of the day, like you get to make flumps the way you want them to be in your game.
0: We're just making suggestions. We're just digging through what other people have suggested. Next time, we're doing the Fomorian. Fomorians, we're staying in the Underdark, I think. Yeah, right. We're gonna be in the Underdark for a little bit. Um, Fomorians, fairy giants, or something. They're complicated. I looked into them before okay that's it for me take us away wes all right uh, monsters
1: to you to you next time monsters to you
0: monster manual mash is christopher lawson and wes grist edited by me chris lawson find me on twitter at chris m lawson music by wes aka elias you can find more of his music on bandcamp.com slash Elias, O-L-I-A-S. Thanks to Sarah B. Milner for our logo. You can find her editing for Slash Film and on Twitter at Sarah B. Milner. Thanks to everyone listening and to everyone talking monsters on the Monster Manual Mash Facebook group, Monsters to you.